welcome to Service Desk. I'm Andrew. I'm Kim. And tonight with us, we have... Sam! <laughs> I'm glad he got the, the hit that we wanted him to introduce himself. I, yeah. And not just have like five minutes of awkward silence waiting for him. Well, we've only done that the past like four times around, so... You know. True, true. <laughs> I, I, I learned eventually. <laughs> no, at the last time you like nailed it, it was good. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm bet I'm better post editing. Well, I think most of us are. Well, that's because Kim makes everyone sound smart. <laughs> I clean up real nice. <laughs> I there there's about an hour worth of dialogue that Kim has to cut from me just to make the whole show <laughs> sound like it's an actual. I'm just ranting about random topics and. No, well, that was me last week. Did you see the Patreon thing I dropped? <laughs> <laughs> it was like. A solid couple minutes of me just complaining about my week. <laughs> it was great. Oh boy, I'm going to one-up you here this week. <laughs> so yeah, how was your week, Andrew? Okay, so I have a tech problem that's impossible. Like, I, I've done everything and I cannot find a solution for it. And it's 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 entered the point now where I'm stubbornly, like obsessed with it ah one of those problems yes so this user has no issues whatsoever at work she takes her computer off the official work wi-fi and any other wi-fi when she logs on windows explorer crashes for about 20 20 minutes huh where it's just a black screen and all there is is just like a white mouse what does it eventually come back uh yes it stabilizes after a while, but only because she's able to connect to the VPN through milliseconds of being able to see the screen, and then she's on the official work Wi-Fi. Huh. But we've replaced her computer four times. Each one has been re-imaged to a blank image and fresh start multiple times. She's not plugging into anything. She's connecting to various Wi-Fis, like restaurants, hotels, her home. There's no space heaters, nothing. Um, I, I can't think of anything. <laughs> it's bothering me. Huh. Well, uh, uh... So if you're listening and you have an idea. <laughs> Please help. I need you. Are, are, they, are they using the same user account across them? Yes. And that's where I'm at right now. Is it has to there be. has to be something with the user account. But I don't have a ton of control over that, so I don't know what I'm going to be able to do to help her. And it's one of those issues where they're so, it's so odd to talk about. You can't just like walk up to one of your coworkers at another team and just casually bring this up. No, it's like the weird yeah. one of the weirdest issues I've ever heard of. Yeah, this is like a one-page document that you need to like write up. <laughs> yeah. But I told this to one of my my friends and coworkers, and he's like, at this point, I'm thinking you're entering the department of like insane fixes. Uh-huh. And he referenced like a uh there's a subreddit on Reddit called uh Tales from Tech Support. Mhm. And there was a Wi-Fi router that kept crashing and it turned out that there was a guy that was getting emails with Excel documents and the Excel handle in the email or handler or header, sorry, contained a specific amount of bits that for the specific router crashed it every time it came in and i'm hoping it's not something like that because oh it's probably something it has to be with like her user account potentially one of the policies that's been applied to it is 
I don't know why the heck it would crash Windows Explorer, though. That's No, I'm thinking right. it's something even more esoteric than that because, like, I'm thinking um, it might be, Ghosts. like, a memory overflow. Oh. That it's yeah, specifically something from her user account that causes a, you know, memory buffer overflow into the space that Explorer populates. And it's not until Explorer crashes and reboots itself that it repopulates that space. Ah. But... You'd have to figure like, out what's causing that. I, I mean, it still goes back to the user account then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it has to do something, I would guess, with the 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 management of the account. Because when you're on the work network, it's fine. Yeah, it has to be. It, it completely. Because so, that's the only thing that's consistent across all those cases. If you can't change the machine yeah. and the Wi-Fi. That's really yeah. weird. So that's my week. That it, that's I'm just gonna leave it at that. There's <laughs> other things that happened, but that's the only thing I've been thinking about. Huh. Well, that's a that is a story that you are going to remember for the rest of your days. And when you finally get to the solution, you'll be like, "Back in my day, <laughs> I was smart." Yeah. Huh. I figured it out. Yeah, and then you'll know how to fix it, and it will never come up again until, like, you know, 15, 20 years from now, and there will be this random issue, and you'll be like, ha, I know how to fix that. <laughs> and Or, you know. Or I'm going to document it, and I'm going to be like, yes, I'm doing some future person a favor by saying what I did. Yeah, yeah. But no one's going to bother to look at, you know. Put it on Stack Overflow or something. Through. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Well, my week has uh. been much less interesting. Um, <laughs> I just have had, uh, well, it, it, it's very specific software bizarreness, but it's it, it, uh, it's not really things I can explain in any detail because it's like so specific that it's it, I can't really talk. I'm pretty sure that it would be against some company policy if I started talking about the specifics of what's failing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I've, I, I've had a lot of tech issues this week. Also, have you? I I have. So over the past couple of weeks, um, I work for the Department of Defense, and we use controlled access cards. Sure. Um, and our controlled access cards, all of them have a ten-digit ID associated with them. So the Department of Defense, though, was running out of ten-digit IDs. Oh. So they had to transfer everybody over to our new sixteen-digit IDs. Ooh. They now, luckily, somebody had the foresight of years and years ago knew that this would be an issue. So everybody already had 16 digit IDs. So we've been prepped for oh, nice. years and years to do this. And uh, last week, they decided that, okay, now's the time we have to do it. And everything everywhere broke everything. Um, you Fun. couldn't print to a single printer on the network. You couldn't print to anything across the entire AFNET, which is the Air Force network. There are a lot of things tied to user IDs, yeah. so I can imagine yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it was rough. Um, I uh, Luckily, I'm not in tech support, so it wasn't my my issue. But I had our guys in in my office every day this week. Oh, fun. So that was rough, yeah. As an example of the user ID, uh, you want to say yours? No, no, I, I'm. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be a bad idea, I think. Um, just as in everything for my entire Air Force life is associated with it, so I would probably not do that. That would be great. Um, yeah. 
I bet you it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Wait. <laughs> no, but my <laughs> password is. This. Um, so if you can just figure out my user ID, that's the password. So go ahead. There you go. There you go. It's easy to remember. I mean, once you pass nine, you're starting to get into double digits. So your password strength goes up, even though you're still just doing 10, 11, 12, right? Uh, that's true. Um, I encountered a really weird issue with that myself. I had to sign up for, uh, I had to authenticate myself on a new system. So I had to put in a new password and I got the most like inane error from it ever where it said my password was too long and too complicated and what? I needed to make it simpler. Oh, I hate um, that. That happens to me yeah, I've on it. various websites and things too. Yeah, you've exceeded like, the character bank, limit. My bank did that to me. Yeah. Like of all the things I want to protect, this is among the highest. Like, uh -huh. yeah. can I please have a 16 digit character? limit at least nope. if not longer you have to have eight yeah <sighs> anyway <laughs> whining about how long our passwords are yeah and uh, <laughs> and everyone else out there listening is like these guys are crazy <laughs> well one of they want long passwords well mine was only 14 digits uh so one of the issues that i can talk about there's now a like a secondary login screen, depending upon how the software is launched. It's supposed to be another security feature, because if you're looking at this other screen and you can click here and just launch without having to log back in, potential issues, yada, yada, yada. So um, there's also a way around it, because some companies don't want that second login to happen. And so this has all been with our upgraded system. And there's so many... So many requests to make that go away because nobody wants to enter the password more than they have to. And they're like, can we just not? And it's like, increase security? Nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Single sign-on for everything. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I used to complain about extra logins until my entire life became two-factor authentication, mm -hmm. physical two-factor authentication. Mm. So it's like, not only do I have to remember to have this one thing on me all the time, forever, Yes. I also have to remember the passwords. But... I like two-factor authentication. I don't like having five different authenticator apps on my phone. That is, that is, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And we, they've already figured out how to do that kind of gracefully. So I don't know why everybody doesn't just use the same client. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, we'll... as a spoiler, we'll be coming back to some of this. Yeah. But we for will. now... We have some news. I think you said you had something. Me? Uh -huh. No. Oh. Well, I got something. So, Facebook, if you live in Illinois, you could possibly be getting a check from Facebook if you enter into a class action lawsuit. Huh. Uh, the facial recognition that they run on their software or on their website, you know, where they take your face and other people's photos or any photo. Okay. According to the state of Illinois, that's illegal. So, oh. it looks because... like, according to news articles, if there's a class action about to start up where you could be getting, like, hundreds of dollars from this lawsuit. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I just that found that interesting that it was just one state that, yeah. yeah, a big tech giant like that, you know, there's whole nations that fight Facebook, and it's like, I wonder how that happened. Yeah. Well, that's... It seems to be a little bit easier on the state-to-state -state basis. 
to get it through like state courts for for fines like that. It's because Comcast recently had a suit by oh. uh, Minnesota. Minnesota just sued Comcast for like some of its business practices, and it's like it's never a thing that you could get through for the entire country, but you can get it through for one state and get everybody like a couple hundred dollar refund. Huh. So, you know, weird stuff like that. Well, and I guess that does make sense because the the scope of it is much easier to prove as well. And technically, yeah, right. technically, the federal government isn't supposed to have say over such things unless it's interstate commerce. And even then, it's sketchy at best. As but, a federal government employee, I will choose to not dis- say anything on that. <laughs> Technically, not that that stopped them in the past, but just just saying, it is supposed to be on a state by state basis, regardless. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's all I had. So, um, well, I've got some. It, it, it's it's definitely tech news because it's about internet. Okay. Um. So, have any of you heard of uh Frontier? They they they're an ISP. Yes, I have. Okay. Heard well, of I was thinking airlines. Yeah, well, Frontier, the ISP, is an ISP in 29 states. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they actually are filing for bankruptcy. Oh, no. Um, so it looks like they may be closing their, their doors and uh, shutting down their networks. So it's pretty interesting because they have lost a lot of customers, but they still have 381,000 customers. So... That's not a small amount of people who will have to be going for new uh, new networks. Huh. That's yeah. well, someone's gonna have to like buy them. Yeah, I, yeah, it's gonna have to. It's probably gonna be Cox. Forget yeah, them. probably. Or like Comcast or Charter Spectrum, whatever their name is now, because there's yeah. only gonna be like one or two in a couple of years. Yeah, um, it's gonna be kind of like Verizon. Like technically, there's still other cell phone companies and. If you're in the area that they cover, it's good. I just mm-hmm. never am in the areas they cover. Yeah. So it's going to be um, something like that where whoever buys them is now then over most of the country, which is a pain. But Yeah, totally. Um, I've got some more news topics, actually, like one or oh. two. They're pretty interesting. Oh. Um, so what kind of kind of cell phones do both of you guys use? Does it use the USB-C standard? Uh-huh. It does. It does? Cool. Well, there's one very notable cell phone manufacturer who doesn't use the USB standard. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, And currently, uh, the EU is going through uh, trying to pass a motion to force them to in the the EU. Um, It's a measure to cut down on electronics waste Mm -hmm. and also make it a little bit easier for end users to be able to get get cables and stuff like that. Um, Fascinating. Yeah, and Apple is fighting it tooth and nail at the moment, um, oh, even though on their iPad and on the new MacBooks, they've switched to USB-C. And all new, um, I found this out the other day, all new boxes of iPhones, the wall charger on the charger end is USB-C. I, I so it's USB-C to lightning. The big giants using USB-C. Getting on one standard that what? is so... Well, that um, makes sense, though. Varied in its uh, functionality. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it's robust, yeah. right? And it's uh, it can do the power delivery for even like big devices as well as data. Watch so it just seems like running, a, I think with HP kind of the, the solution that you should go with. Yeah. It's backwards fail to USB C, but USB C can't up to Thunderbolt, and they're both the same plug, but they're different standards. I've been struggling with that. Yeah, um, that is a big so, issue. Yeah, it's the same plug. Wait. And Thunderbolt Wait, is just what? a different software that plugin? uses the USB-C hardware. And if your hardware is compatible with it. So actually. Oh, boy. Yeah. So that gets on exactly to one of the other news things I was going to bring up. <laughs> so um, really weird problem. But Microsoft on the back end has changed to a slightly new uh, driver standard, um, okay. which has caused the uh laptops that you're talking about as well as like many many uh lenovo to have bugs within their thunderbolt usb firmware so many people don't do it yeah so it's that exact issue um yeah it's because microsoft i guess is updating things in the background and um trying to get to a different kind of driver standard over the next couple of years and it's breaking everything as always that might explain some of my issues with some of the people I've had to work with over the last week. Huh. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yep. Because, you know, legacy software is super fun. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't use XP on a daily basis. Well, um, we didn't change our name right. to Tech News today. So what is our topic today? Uh, well, going along with the, the, the changing to drivers and stuff, they talk about the, the updates being necessary. Usually because there's some form of a loophole or a security flaw or something that they've found that normally is some giant thing that's going to, you know, bring down the universe. But it seems like most of them are around either encrypting or decrypting information. And so what in the world is that, Sam? <laughs> How does that work that it can break so easily? Um, that's, it's pretty interesting. Well, Things, uh, pretty simple answer to that question, actually, is that the reason that things break so often is because there's so many different standards for encryption. Okay. Uh, and they all have their own idiosyncrasies and stuff like that. But it's all there to help improve your security, you know, so people can't be snooping on what you're doing. Well, that makes sense. But so the, like, the basic kind of encryption is just, logging in right like our the passwords whenever i go to a website and it says this site is secured by secure encryption or whatever happens to be on that site what what does it do with my information to secure it so let me take a, a guess at this before before you answer that see if i can get it right if i if i remember right the information is encrypted by a um a, a process or a key that like say your bank has mm -hmm. and as a way to unlock that encryption you also have a key which is your password so yeah in in basic and simple terms that is entirely correct um you use some sort of password or key which gets all your data and turns it into garbage and either the same key or even a different key can turn it back into something useful and that's the basic principle behind encryption. It's getting a secret that both of you share 
and turning it into garbage for everybody else who isn't in on the secret. So how does that, like, what do they do to make it garbage? So um, it really depends on the standard. Um, Encryption goes back forever. Um, For as long as we've been trying to send data to each other, even physical data, we've been trying to encrypt it in some way. Um, Some of the most classic forms of encryption that you can encounter are back in old days, uh, like code rings. You know code rings? That's a way of encrypting your data. The code ring, the, the ring itself is your secret which helps you uh, decode it. But most Secrets modern systems... Agent man. Secret exactly. Agent. Um, but we <laughs> don't use systems quite like that anymore. A lot of systems actually use um, what's called uh, public-private key cryptography, which is a really interesting way of being able to share secrets amongst one another without even people who can see you trading those secrets being able to decode it um interesting yeah um so with public private key key cryptography there are some really it's it's fascinating because the it's all just math in the background but for instance with your bank your bank has what's called a private key and you have a private key also on your machine that either your browser generates um for the session or that is generated with a password or anything like that. And then you both also have public keys. And um, in order to encrypt data for you to send it to them, you get your private you get your private key and their public key and use that to encrypt the thing that you're sending. And then they can use their private key and your public key to undo it. And even if anybody gets their hands on your public keys, they can't unlock it um, because they need the secret that you never transmit. And even though you are sharing your public keys amongst one another, it still works. (laughs) And it's all because of very complicated math that I definitely am not getting into. Um, (laughs) Good, because I would not comprehend, I am sure. Yep. But there's there's also less... uh, less complicated ways of encrypting data that are used on a, a very, very regular basis. Um, the most common way of encrypting things right now is through a system called hashing. And okay. um, hashing gets basically data that you put it into and just gets a, an equation that you add what's called a um, assault to. An assault can be a random string of characters or even your password. And it then puts that number through the equation and out of the other end ends up with garbage and without having that original password it can it all will always look like garbage so the one of the most the most common and often used encryption pieces that people would probably run into i'm guessing would be bitlocker bitlocker that's a pretty common one um i can think of an even more common one that almost everybody would uh encounter on a daily basis and it's in the form of https oh, in your I browser forgot about that ah, yes um, which stands for http secure that's what the s stands for which uses that pr- principle of a uh, public private key exchange in order to secure everything um, and then that way, even when you're transmitting data over the internet to load up websites and such, uh, people on the outside can't figure out what you're actually transmitting. 
and it's so popular and become such of a standard that um, in most recent versions of Firefox, you cannot even turn it off. It almost forces you to use HTTPS for every website you visit. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It was okay. So with this podcast, the um, Google site that we originally set up, there was an option to use non-secure and I did not understand that there was that option that even existed on Google Sites, which is dumb. But anyway, um, so for like, I don't know, an hour, maybe two, I fought with the stupid site trying to make it appear. And like I went through every possible nook and cranny trying to figure out what the heck I did to the site to break it when I realized that I was trying to go to HTTPS forward slash service desk pod and i was like what the heck anyway sorry rant yeah no th th that's actually pretty interesting that yeah. it didn't um you would think that the google site would just redirect you to the unsecured site you would think so but oh. no it just mm, it didn't even turn yeah. it on i was just like how is this even a thing how do you not turn this on if this is an option yep <sighs> um, google sites yeah that that would be that would be what I would think would be the most common. I would definitely think though that BitLocker is one of the most common things that at least people within the business world will encounter. Yeah. Um, well, and there's other um, versions of BitLocker too. Like the, I, I think just about every major antivirus software that also will have um, pre-login kind of shutdown kind of things to encrypt your hard drive also have some form of that like i know mcafee does i know norton norton does too there's a kaspersky mm -hmm. something yeah um there's lots of things like that that use encryption um there's even nefarious things that use encryption in order to hurt end users crypto virus uh, yep crypto lockers i'm sure most people have heard of a crypto locker and uh that's the process of installing something to cryptographically turn your entire computer into garbage until you pay them for the secret that they have to turn it back into a usable computer. Yes, and it's so fun. <laughs> it's great. Um, it always blows my mind that people actually will pay people yeah, I mean, to do that, yeah, but you, if you've lost everything, you've lost everything. I understand. At some point, are kind of in a desperate need. Yeah, um, so it, it's really interesting with that case. The, the best way to get yeah. around that though is and backups. Don't 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 have stored don't have backups that are um, cold ah, storage backups. Yeah, because then your backup gets encrypted, and I've run into that with BitLocker. Mm -hmm. Encrypted. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, with especially in the business sector, you know, they they're trying to get into your your storage, your backups to encrypt those because those are the most important. Yeah. Things. Well, and if you're on a network, part of the reason the uh, tech people will scream at you to unplug your computer as soon as they detect any possible intrusion is that you have networked drives, most likely, that they can then reach out to. And once it's in a networked drive, yeah. oh boy, you have just screwed the entire company. <laughs> Those are kind of the, the basics on, on encryption. Um, it's it, It's the... The many different ways in which you turn things into garbage for everybody. Um, so you, so the the different standards, it just 
becomes slightly more complicated as you go up the scale, basically. It, it does, and it depends on what your threat model is for your encryption. For instance, um, BitLocker. BitLocker is a Windows uh, tool which will encrypt everything on your hard drive of your computer until you log in with your password. And that does it in a very simple way by requiring the password on login to decode everything. Um, and it works in a situation like that because you're, you have physical access to the machine and you're not trying to transmit any data. You're only trying to read data. Um, there's all these different standards because there's all these different ways that people want to share data. Um, people, public private key encryption was developed because you wanted to be able to share things with people you had never shared things with before. And you still wanted them to be secure and you wanted them to be safe. But how do you send something to somebody and not have the secret stolen? Because if I need a key and you need a key to be able to unlock it, if I have to send the key to you over the internet, then somebody could get that key while it's going to you. And, and so they came up with ingenious ways that people can send some keys over the internet but without the keys that you don't send, you can never do anything with it because um, the math is just so like it's it's some of the most complicated math you'd ever you'd ever see. And um, it works pretty well in most situations unless it's blatantly compromised like some of it was. Um, uh, PGP was compromised, um, which was an open source project for doing public private key encryption um and people had just messed with the math just a little bit so that you could figure it out but it's the way of getting something that you can like you have all of these different standards because so many different people want to be able to share things and everybody deserves privacy and they want different types of privacy that makes sense is it seriously pretty good privacy pgp yeah, pretty good privacy <laughs> um and it's pretty good unless it's uh, in the background of an open source tool. Uh, certain government organizations compromise the math. Not that that would ever happen. I like your candidates. Uh, well, it did. <laughs> and everything broke. Oh, but shit. it's fixed now. That's just hilarious that it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good privacy. The names for a lot of these things are are. Are, are pretty interesting you know they, they're all just you know uh the different things like there's one way of cryptographically signing things which is called yak um and for the life of me i haven't been able to figure out what yak stands for you know they're so named after different people when it comes to encryption for most users how important is it to do like two-factor and um maybe even getting like a key like a a USB key. Is that something everybody should be doing? So it's an interesting question. A lot of people would say that it's an unneeded uh, kind of extra step. Personally, though, I think that most people should use some, for some sort of two-factor authentication. Um, two-factor authentication is the form of having a separate secret for you. So, for instance, trying to get into uh, a Google account, you know, you can set up uh, two-factor authentication on that. 
and as well as just needing a password on there, um, you can have Google Authenticator installed on a device like a cell phone, which is pre-set up to be able to give you a code to also log in. Um, the great thing about it with two-factor authentication is that right now we live in a world where almost every week on the news you hear of some big database being compromised. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's every week there's the the database of the week that's that's compromised and everybody's passwords are out there right um and the thing is is with two-factor authentication it gives that one extra little layer of um kind of safeguarding against it that you can have a little bit of peace of mind where someone's gonna really have to want to target you if your password doesn't work they're probably just going to be, all right, next person. Yes. Yep, exactly. And um, like with with it, um, as you said, it had to, like with two-factor authentication, you're not going to get caught up in just the general kind of flood of a compromise. It does have to be a specific targeting um, because like some of the notable, you know, targets of two-factor authentication targeting are like uh, notable figures on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They'll have their Twitters compromised, even though they have two-factor authentication. But that also involves, you know, them fraudulently going to, uh, say, cell phone providers so that they can get new SIM cards assigned to them so that they can get the two-factor text mm-hmm. to log in. And it makes it just it it adds that one little extra barrier that's going to dispel most of the people trying to get at the stuff that you're trying to secure because security is only as good as its weakest link and having something that you physically have control of is um, a great way of doing it so those of you that work in an employer that makes you get a text message to log into your computer when you're off-site and you complain about it because it's annoying. Just know that it's there for a reason. Yes. Or it, it is because um, as somebody who handles a lot of stuff that, you know, you really don't want people seeing, you know, um, that um, it's not even stuff that's necessarily really damning. But I handle a lot of people's personal information on a daily basis. Um your employer takes it very seriously. And for instance, my employer, which is the U.S. Air Force, requires me to have not only a physical card to log into machines, but also a government issue cell phone that gets a code oh. whenever I try and log into my machine. Um, and yeah, it's it's there for your safekeeping and everybody else's because we live in a world with less and less privacy mm-hmm. on the internet. And those little things that you do want to keep private, you should be able to. And that's what encryption's there for. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I'm not all doom and gloom at the end of this one. <laughs> How did that happen? I, I like encryption. <laughs> um, that's that's why I, I jumped on it when you asked me if I wanted to do Yay. this. It's important. And everybody should do it because you're important and your privacy is important. That's very true. And I think a lot of people don't, like, on the surface level, they're like, yeah, 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 it's security. But I think until you start explaining how easy some of these things are to break through, that it doesn't, 
even then probably some people don't get it but it doesn't make sense to have to do the two-factor to have to do all of the extra steps to get into different systems yeah until they understand how easy it is to break one wall yeah because like um even with things like a password passwords can be brute force oh easily and yet easier and easier every year you know we get faster and faster computers that can go through all those combinations faster and faster and with something like say google authenticator where it's a rotating target um they're not going to be able to brute force it at least within the near future and even if somebody does get your you know your password they're not getting into the all those emails that you get you know and all of that other stuff you know your your facebook messages a lot of people send facebook messages that they would you know rather not that share. they would rather keep private yeah and that one extra little thing will mean that you know people can't get at them as easily it's the reason that you put you know a lock on your front door and keep some important documents and safes even though there's a lock on your front door because that one extra little step even though it's a little less convenient makes gives you a little bit yeah. of peace of mind that those things are protected when, you know there's people out there that have bump keys that you know you can easily just walk in, in a house it's just keeping the, the honest criminals honest i guess yep <laughs> right yeah there's there's the there's plenty of people who will get over that first barrier because it's easy mm-hmm. Right. Like that first little bit is easy to do. So a lot of people will do it. You know, people with a functional computer and a couple of scripts can get through a lot of things. But it's that extra little bit which will will deter 90 percent of them. And only those few people who are really determined will even attempt it. Well, I think that pretty well sums up the basics of cryptography. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think I would bore you with, you know, cryptography of the Roman Empire or, you know, German World War Two cryptography with the Enigma machine. Oh, but, oh yeah. uh, or the, the Cherokee people that got enlisted because their language was not spoken anywhere else. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, like cryptography in the modern world is important as it has ever been. People have always looked for cryptography. It's cool. It's it's a fun it's a fun thing to look into. I would strongly recommend everybody do it um, because it's it, it's interesting to see the the lengths that people go to keep and their private note, things private. If <laughs> <laughs> thanks, yes, 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 yes. Um, anyway, uh, we're not that private. You can find us on the internet out there on the twitters and the Facebook by uh, searching for Service Desk Podcast. And our new website is coming soon. You can support us by going over to patreon.com forward slash service desk pod. If you want to submit a ticket, go ahead and email us at service desk podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to give a crack and give me some ideas on my user's issue, please send a, 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 uh, a ticket there. I don't know what you would even call it. I'm the one asking for tech support. A solution? A solution, yes. <laughs> Submit a KB article to there that. There we uh, go. There you go. <laughs> yes. We, we appreciate you expanding our knowledge base as well. <laughs> <laughs> and the easiest way to help spread the love is to go tell your friends about us and like and review and subscribe and all that jazz. But as always, 
I've been Kim. I've always been Andrew. I'm Sam. <laughs> Just sometimes or always? Uh, most days. Most days. And we, we are your, are your techie, techie friends. Techie friends.